You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 251. Today, we're revealing the real secret to being your best self. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here. Thank you so much for tuning in to a Monday edition of the Mind Your Business Podcast, where we show you the real secrets to creating success from the inside out. And today's episode is no exception. I have a very special guest. I cannot wait to introduce to you the one and only Mr. Paul Fishman. And man, this is a powerful episode. Woo, hot diggity dog, this was good. If you are finding yourself playing the role of entrepreneur, but you are consistently suffering, you find yourself blaming yourself ton of resistance worry fear you're terrified to ask for support you don't value yourself your gifts your content your products it's just not enough it's not good enough all the things you're in luck because for the next 60 minutes this is the message that you need to hear. My special guest today is none other than Paul Fishman. He's a self-love coach on a mission to empower and inspire humanity to love unconditionally. In his movement, self-love is the best medicine. And I couldn't agree more. So sit down, buckle up, open up that mind, and let's begin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here in Wedmore HQ with my special guest today, Mr. Paul Fishman. Hey, hey. Hey, man. (laughs) How's it going? Thanks for uh, finding the right office. You know what? It was a journey. I made it. I worked through the self-sabotage moment where I was just going to try and leave. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Anyways, for those of you who don't know, well, you do know that we moved to a new office, but we didn't give Paul the right address. Wow, I dropped the ball there. I was trying to be very resourceful and like go back on Instagram and try and figure it out. Yeah, and, you but know. no one can figure it out. No, no one knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. Except now I do. <laughs> Except you. Yeah. And that's what your next post on Instagram is going to be about. Yep. Uh, is our address. So I'm really excited to chat with you. So first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to be here Absolutely. in the office. Thank you. With us in person. It's so much better that way. I mean, I only record in person. You do? Mm-hmm. So like, because you do your podcast in the car. Yeah. So you'll bring guests in the car with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're supposed to be on my show, but you ignored my request. So it's fine. I ignored it? Yeah. No, Diana ignored oh, it. Oh, Diana. I'm calling her yeah. out. Okay. <laughs> Diana, come on. <laughs> Careful because she's the one that will edit this. Okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> so, That's exactly why. I, this section will not be in the show. Fantastic. But um, no, we're not ignoring you. I know, I know. Why don't we start like right at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about... What do you do? Who do you help? How do you help them? What is your podcast about? All that good stuff. Amazing. So my name is Paul Fishman. You already knew that. I'm just starting with the easy stuff. Mm -hmm. My mission is in life is to empower and inspire humanity to love unconditionally. And I do this within my self-love coaching. So really what I want to share with the world is that any transformation needs to start with self-love and acceptance. And it's really, really important for me to live an authentic life in that sense and always tell stories. And I help people who are at the breaking point of really hit with this, like, I know that there's more. I'm feeling really stuck right now almost living this like Groundhog's Day moment where they keep on, the universe keeps on trying to teach them the same lesson, but Mm -hmm. they're not learning it. You know, it's like, there are so many different examples that we can talk about and it's really at the baseline. I just want to help everyone know that like with that unconditional love and acceptance, not only of yourself, but of everyone around you, you can have whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's really, really important. It's funny too, because I think the interesting almost paradox with all of this is it's like 
the struggles that people have, and I think this is the argument you're going to make today, is so much of it can be attributed and traced back to the lack of self-love that we have, mm -hmm. you know, like, which leads into stories of not worthy, not deserving. So if you truly believe that you're not worthy or deserving of something, how are you ever going to get that thing, right? I mean. But then at the reverse end of it is like, I think it's very easy for even some people like my listeners are different. Your listeners are different. But for most people, like someone here is probably going to go share this with their friend or their spouse or business partner. And it's so easy for most people to just like discredit topics like this. Mm -hmm. Like here's the thing that is like actually so much at the source of so much of struggle and suffering. Yet when it's presented to us, it tends to be this like, yeah, yeah, I know about all that mm -hmm. stuff. Or like, I'll deal with that later. I'll mm -hmm. love myself once I have this mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you experience a lot? Is it that you almost have to like have a megaphone in their ear like, no, this is important. It's very important. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you asked that question. I actually yesterday welcomed someone new into my group coaching program. And she was like, you know what, Paul? I didn't know that I had a self-love problem until a week ago. She's mm -hmm. like, but it's been a problem for 15 years. Yeah. And it was all because her business partner was like, hey, you got to figure this out. You got to like, you're starting to resent people in the office. You're, you're not speaking your truth. I can see it in you. You're holding back what's going on. And when she first heard about me, she was like, oh, that's silly. Right. She, she told me, she yeah. was like, that's a silly, that's woo woo. Like, yeah. oh, I know about manifestation. I know about journaling, but mm -hmm. mm, I don't, you know, and so. Yeah. And it's like, I get a massage. I love myself, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about massage is that self-care, right? And self-care and self-love are two different things, but they cannot operate without each other. So for instance, you could go get a massage and say you self-love yourself, but at the end of the day, if you're not mentally in the headspace of being like, I'm so grateful for my body, I'm, I'm giving myself permission to just relax and take this time, and you're focusing maybe on just like what you could be doing if you weren't treating yourself to a massage, yeah. it's defeating the entire purpose. Right. Totally, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, yeah. But it is, it's kinda, it's kinda this funny thing of like, People, maybe you, you see this a lot, but they're like, well, yeah, yeah, I'll get to this self-love stuff once I get my business up. Mm -hmm. Once I get my business to a certain level or once I'm making a certain amount of money, mm -hmm. then I can deal with that or then I will love myself. And it's like, no, maybe perhaps you haven't gotten your business to the level you want because you're not loving yourself yeah. because that's not there in your life. And I just love this message. I self-love and love the message, mm -hmm. but I really do because I think it's important. I think it's relevant, extremely relevant. I would love to know what is your origin story in all this? Why this? Where did this come from for you? Well, I have been through a major self-love journey. It's coming up on 10 years of me consciously and unconsciously loving myself. I, for the first 25 years of my life, I lived in fear. I was the epitome of a people pleaser. Mm. So I was living my life as a person that I thought everyone else expected me to be. Can you give like one specific example of like what that really looked like for you so we can? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm gay and I dated women till I was 25 and probably knew I was gay when I was five. You wow. know? So it's just like, because my parents were like, hey, we really want grandchildren. And my friends like started to make fun of me and like, well, they're not my friends clearly because they're making fun of me, <laughs> but like peers and making fun of me. So I was just like, oh, I have to fix this about me. It's not right. And what's happened because of that is my subconscious mind was attracting these women who were not available for me, emotionally abusive, like just treated me like shit. And it was just, it never made me feel good inside. And then I developed an emotional binge eating issue. So I gained 75 pounds. I started shopping, like had like, I was addicted to shopping because every time I would emotionally eat, I would feel horrible. So I need the high of going to shop. So I was in like the cycle of emotionally eating, gaining weight, shopping, not being able to fit in the clothes or having to go around all because I wasn't being my true authentic self. And the, so it all came to like this major catalyst when I'm in this three-year relationship with this woman and I just, I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm just like, this is not you, you're unhappy. You know, you've never been heavier. Like there's a picture of my Instagram of the way I used to look and I just don't even recognize that person. And I left that relationship 
And within two weeks, 20 pounds had fallen off of me. It was emotional wow. weight that my body was holding on to. Yeah. So this is just like a real tangible way that you can measure that loving yourself does more than just like being able to hashtag it on an Instagram photo. Oh man. So that was like a catalytic moment for you, but did you attribute it to like self love and acceptance? Mm -mm. Like where did that really go? Oh, I just haven't been like, <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great question. And it's really interesting because with all of my clients that I work with, we don't know, like, you're not going to know immediately when it happens. Like it took me almost eight years to realize that, oh, that was me choosing me and saying yes to what I needed. Right. You know, like I wasn't just like, I'm going to say yes to me and everything's going to work out. Like in this like society, we're conditioned to think that saying yes to ourselves is selfish. So I didn't know that that's what I was doing until this business started launching. So the next part of my story is that I got into fitness Immediately after I exited that relationship, I became like a devout spin, just enthusiast. I did like seven days a week of spin. I was just in it. I love the community, the music, the being alone in a dark room with yourself, but surrounded by other people doing the same exact thing. And, and I lost all of the weight. And then I was so terrified to gain the weight back that I was like, I have to become a spin instructor. It's my safe space. Wow. I have to become one. So I became a spin instructor and then Four years later, I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, spin instructor, and I'm still battling this like internal concept of who I really am, you know? And at the end of the day, here I am helping all of these people with issues like, I just want him to love me, so I'm going, I need a flat stomach, or I just want to get a promotion, so I need to be able to fit into a suit that doesn't have to be custom made. And it's all of these things that we need to change about ourselves so external sources will validate us. Right. And I was like, oh, it was this Oprah aha moment. I was like, aha, that's the missing piece. All these people come to me, they think that by losing weight or like get it, like fitting in the right size clothes that society's telling them they need to fit into, they're going to immediately have all the things that they want. But at the end of the day, they didn't even know what they truly wanted. And it was really just a validation from themselves. You gotta find it from within first. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and I'm sure your experience, like most personal trainers have spoken to, is you end up being like their therapist anyways during all yeah. the session. I would have like I go over to these women's houses and they'd be like, okay, so let's just stretch today and talk. You know, like I helped a woman through her divorce and like finding her new partner, and I I just it's I enjoyed that so much, and I was like, okay, I'm not like the biggest fan of working out with these people, so yeah. I'll just be there, you know, coach. Yeah, well, this is awesome, and I know. Um, we have some mutual connections of mm -hmm. people that you've worked with and been able to do amazing things with. So it's awesome to have you here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a, like, what will probably be like a really easy, simple question for you, but I feel like at the same time when we bring up this topic, it is, it is something that just seems like intellectually intangible and conceptual. And I think as listeners have heard me say, there is such a difference between like knowing something and living it. Mm -hmm. And this is a great example of that. But what is self-love and how do we know when we are loving ourselves? Mm -hmm. That's a, well, I mean, thank you for asking that beautiful question. So when we're looking at the word self-love, if we break down the definition of self, it's the individual, it's individuality and love is devotion. So self-love is just devotion to our individuality. But here's where we run into an issue. And this is the real intense work that I do with all of my clients. Who are you as an individual? Mm -hmm. Because I can say so many things about who I thought I was as an individual, who others think of me, you know, like James, you ha you're the world's best boss, right? Because that's what it says on your mug. <laughs> but like, is that really how you truly feel about yourself, mm. you know? Or are we just like posting on Instagram because we're X, Y, and Z and we're getting all these likes and followers and so we're defining ourselves by what other people think of us. Yeah, and that's very dangerous too mm -hmm. because Number one, those are external things that you you really don't have any control mm -hmm. of. Number two, all that can go away in a second, mm -hmm. right? You know, there's a big joke about when Instagram went down yeah. for a day. It's like those poor Instagram models. Oh my goodness, and it was a day that a podcast I was on went live and I don't think anyone even listened to it. Mm. <laughs> that's the worst. That's, it's the worst. That's the worst. So that really is like the age old question is like, who are you? Yeah. 
So it's just really, really important. And it's really, you can't measure that stuff. And, and within my program, so my program is called the self-love diet. And I call it that because for the first four weeks, it's a 12 week program. We're talking all about self. So I'm helping you learn how to be an individual. And then around week four and five, people have like a massive panic attack. It's expected. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this. I didn't, I realized that I hate my job or oh my gosh, I've, I've been in this like lackluster relationship for all this time and I've been sacrificing myself for the other person or oh, my parents have been coming down on me hard to have kids and I don't want kids, you know? And they're just like, I was defining myself around all these things that have nothing to do with me as an individual. So then we step into the devotion part, the love. Like how can I teach you how to love of yourself as you truly are. And that's when the magic starts to happen, but also when the really, really hard work, because we've been conditioning ourselves for, for me, it was 25 years. For other clients, it's been 50, 60 years yeah. of like being this person that's not really them. And that has to be so scary. Because so scary. it's like you're breaking down someone's entire construct of reality mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they've clung onto for their yeah. life. So it would be natural that a lot of resistance and mm-hmm. probably hate you and curse you. Yeah. <laughs> and well, the funny thing is, is like, I have like, because I've been doing this for a while, I have these just, I, expectations and I know what's coming. And like around week six, people are like, okay, well, it's Paul's fault. I'm going to blame Paul. I'm done. <laughs> you know? And so I get to call them out. I and, love myself, yeah, but, but I hate Paul. <laughs> I hate Paul. <laughs> and then, you know, we work in, and then after that, the diet portion, which actually has nothing to do with food. It's all about habitual nourishment, which is the baseline definition of diet. So I'm teaching you over 12 weeks, how to habitually nourish the devotion to your individuality. Yeah. And that's through like journaling. And, and that's why I love the group aspect because my message is that you are worth it you deserve it and you are not alone mm, give it to me <laughs> you know you're not alone <laughs> i love that i love that this is a weird question and i'm just cur- i'm just curious about this but like do people contextualize self-love like do they have it in certain areas but not in others or is this a holistic thing where it's like how you do business is how you're gonna do relationships mm. or what has your experience been working with clients it's like wow you're really good when it comes to this but over here, not so much. Yeah, that's the latter is normally how it happens. I think that people compartmentalize self-love. Right, yeah. And you know, especially as we're, we're really transitioning into this new age of how to do business, right? Like my dad comes from the time where if you're not working every single day, oh you're, you know, like, and I get like, our the, dads would be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> da- and then, and here I am like waking up and I'm like, I've built a great team around me. Yeah. What am I doing today? Oh, I have a meeting with James. Okay, great. You know, like, and I, I do more than that. Don't worry. But, sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> Four hour work week. Try two hour work week, <laughs> Tim. Two hour. <laughs> Why not one hour? Okay, yeah, 30 minutes, but that's my lowest I could go. So they compartmentalize it. And really what I've been working on with a lot of my clients is like, why do you feel that you are worth having success in your business, but you're not worth having success within your body? Or why do you feel like you're worth having success in family, but business, you're not worth it? Like, what's the disconnect? Mm -hmm. And the reality is it all comes back to childhood. It all comes back to these stories that we continue to telling ourselves. Mm-hmm. All comes back that it's easier for our mind to suffer through the stories and the anxiety and the comparison that we do than to actually do the work. So I just have this great story of a business owner that I worked with mm-hmm. and he was a voice coach. So he was having trouble getting more clients through the door and he invested every last cent that he had to work with me and we even had him on a payment plan. Like the last thing that I want is for money to stand in the way of people doing this work. And he comes in and he's just like, okay, Paul, I just lost nine clients. I have four clients. And I was like, what do you want in your business? And he was like, well, I want 30 clients. And I was like, what's our timeline? He's like, by the end of the program, I was like, so we have 90 days to get to 30 clients. How are we going to do that? And he was like, well, I don't know. I have no idea. I was like, this is it. You're going to write down in your journal, and this is a hot tip. We're doing present tense journaling. You are writing down exactly where you see your business as if it's already a thing. Mm. Because our mind is going to start believing that. Because our mind is like, it's it's an old, old thing, and it's a reptil- it has reptilian brains. So mm. here we are. We're always living in this fight or flight. And 
It's like when you're watching like a scary movie and you think that you're in it, it's because our brain can't tell the difference. Mm -hmm. So instead of living in the scary, anxiety-driven movie, let's live in the best rom-com ever, you know, where everyone's successful. So once he started doing that, within 14 days, he had seven new clients. Mm. I love it. Yeah, so we can just end the episode now. <laughs> yeah, just do that. Yeah. Was it like every day? It was every it? day. And, and it's then, present tense. It's present. I, like, so what I, does that look like? I have. Yeah. So like, I am so grateful, yeah. like celebrating that. I'm so grateful that I have mm -hmm. 30 clients in my practice that I, he also had goals to save money and he also had all these other things. So you can stack on, like, I would say the max is like two to three things in it because if you start putting too much in there, like, I'm so grateful that I have 30 clients and I live in a million dollar home and I have my dream car. It's just like your brain's gonna be like, okay, too much, too much. Right. So every day. And then if you really, really want to get extra, this is where the powerful stuff is. You take your journal and you look in the mirror and you read it to yourself, looking at yourself Wow! because the mirror work is what happens. And actually, if you go to my Instagram at Paul Fishman or my website, paulfishman.love, you can sign up. You for have it. a dot love. I have a dot love dot com was taken. So I had to get the next best thing, <laughs> which I think is a better thing now. Yeah. And you go, you can get a free mirror mantra that you hang up on your mirror and you start your day off reading it. And it's very simple and I designed it beautifully for you. So work in the aesthetic of your apartment, I'm sure, or home or wherever it is. And I want to share it right now. It mm. is, I give myself permission to be okay with where I am. I honor the journey and know that I am doing my best. I love and accept you. I love and accept you. I love and accept you. So you're saying these words and you're looking at yourself in the mirror. And if you do this the first time without breaking eye contact, please send me a direct message on Instagram and let me know because I want to celebrate you because I've had people cry. I've had people start laughing. I've had people do everything but being able to say those words because have you ever like actually looked at yourself in the mirror? Yeah. You know, that's a great question to ask yourself. Yeah. Oh, I do these weird moments where I like, I'll look at my hands. I'm like, whoa, I'm like alive right now. Yeah. And I'm doing that not on drugs. <laughs> right? <laughs> Imagine him on drugs. Right? <laughs> that's another episode now. But you, you know, it is like you, when you can have those profound moments of presence and like see yourself mm -hmm. and like, but a lot about acceptance too, yeah. just where you are. And, mm -hmm. and that's, ah, oh, it's beautiful, man. I, I freaking love that. So let's say like, Speaking to like entrepreneurs and business owners specifically, how does us not having that devotion to ourselves, what are the symptoms of that? In other words, where is that showing up and manifesting as the struggles and the lack that we have as, mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. Like is not having those clients and having those clients leave, would you say like that's a direct symptom of not loving yourself? Right. Well, the other part of the story is that my client was grossly undercharging for his services. Mm. So, so we didn't even need all those clients. Right. He didn't need all those clients, yeah. but at the same time. So I was like, okay, so your next step is we're going to charge more. Yeah. And he starts charging more. And this is a, a big thing that a lot of people are scared of is like raising prices. Right. right? And you would say that this, this, because this is a very common one, mm -hmm. that this is an example of us, of us not having right. self-love. Yeah. Because self-love is self-worth. So, if I'm sitting here and I'm saying, okay, you know, you can come join my program. It's $30 for three months. Not only does that make me feel really crummy, I'm just like, oh, I'm only worth $30. But then the other person isn't going to get the value out of it all. Totally. So, yeah. but and then it, it gets worse it, because then yeah. you, you're still doing the work mm -hmm. and it's not enough. Mm -hmm. So you need more. So you're spread more thin and then they keep asking for more help. And one of the worst things comes in is you start resenting them. Yep. And when they're only paying $30, they're not doing the work. No. I've run into that even at a higher price point. There comes a time when if money isn't an object, we have to figure something else out. And that's like when we just got to get really, really, really specialized and customized when it comes to getting people to actually commit. But when it comes to raising prices, my client, he raised his prices and the people who were paying his old price were like, oh yeah, you know, that makes sense. Like you're totally worth that. And he was scared that everyone was going to leave mm -hmm. and no one left. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some other things that you see that for entrepreneurs? Like what the symptoms of not having that self-love, like how's it show up? Creating content out of scarcity. Ooh, what does that look like? That looks like, well, that looks like something that I did. I started just off as group 
And then it was it skyrocketed at the beginning, which I think was just a sign from the universe that I'm doing the right thing. And then, of course, like two months into it, the universe was like, okay, now I got to work. And I was like, what? I have to work? I have to, I have to like try and get people who don't know me to sign up? And I was like, it just, I just didn't want to do the work. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, create a subscription model, right? And I launched it and like almost overnight and it didn't really feel right for me in that iteration. I was just like, why am I doing this? But of course I was doing it because I didn't know how I was going to pay rent in January and my husband's freaking out and, and I'm just like, okay, I got to figure out something. And I was like, oh, this is going to be huge. And then like five people signed up. And instead of celebrating those five people, I was like, well, it wasn't enough. It didn't pay my rent. I did a horrible job. So it's like I created it out of scarcity instead of creating it out of abundance mindset, instead of celebrating the fact that I had the opportunity to create another program, instead of celebrating the fact that I had the opportunity to be an entrepreneur in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then I was aligned with my purpose. So I find a lot of people like, especially in like the MLM businesses, you know, where you get like, pulled in and there's like there's all this abundance but when I've ever done those things because I've done them all because that was who I was before I was just like oh I got to do this because if I spend five thousand dollars I'm going to make five million dollars and it's so easy so it's this ease and the scarcity I need that so bad that I'm willing to do anything instead of thinking about it so it's like so scarcity also is from the emotionally reactive state it's like just letting greed yeah take over greed and really just like fear yeah. So it's also um, a common thing I see, which I think is really disheartening, is that someone does their first launch, their first project, and they get even a few people, and it's not enough for them. Mm-hmm. And that's always like really. Um, I mean, I get, I, I get it. You're disappointed because you wanted more, but then you tend to ignore the people that you have right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you know, the way I look at it is, if you can't appreciate who you have now, how are you ever expected to get more? Yeah. And it's every, like, yes, there's always exceptions. There's always the person that was at the right place at the right time who said the right thing to the right amount of people and they were an overnight success. But most of us are not overnight successes. Mm -hmm. I always like to tell my people, I'm just the tortoise. I'm just like, I'm just gonna keep putting one step in front of the other and keep moving. Yeah. And that's how we have to look at at things like our progress. And uh, I think it's so easy for people to just be completely disappointed because they are not experiencing overnight success. Mm-hmm. And I'm an overnight success 11 years in the making. Listen, you know? that was a long day. Yeah, a very long day. <laughs> yeah, how do you measure days on like Jupiter? It's just one day. <laughs> yeah, nailed but, it. But I'm hearing too that, do you see there's a lot of correlation to things like gratitude and abundance to self-love? Where do those connect? Yeah, so... It's once again, it's about our mind and our mind being a very complex, but also very simple thing. And it's really important to know that celebrating everything. And I mean, just like literally like giving yourself a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. Like if I were to, if I really celebrated everything in the way that I would want to, I would have a lot of shoes because I love shoes, (laughs) but that's just not realistic. Right. So it's saying like, for instance, you know, I had the goal of launching my subscription. I wanted 20 people to join. Five people joined, right? And it's me saying, oh, I have five people who took a chance on this brand new program. Right. You know? Well, it's also a celebration of that I did it. Yeah. I actually did I it. I did it. And I was most terrified. People, most people don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and, and it just, now I'm thinking, oh, wait, now I have those people that I wanted when I first launched and am I celebrating that or do I just want more, you know? So it's like, I also just like need to remind everyone that like, I'm only human. James is only human. Like I personally experience that like disappointment every day sometimes, but you always have to reframe your mind around it and know that like, yes, you're always going to want more. Everyone always wants more, but having heard these words, maybe it'll flip the switch for you to be like, Oh, but let me take a step back. I know that I want more. It's not discrediting that you don't deserve more. It's saying get confident and comfortable in celebrating what you have right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like this idea is kind of metaphor that popped into my brain. It's like we're climbing a mountain. I believe we'll always want until the day we die. There'll always be desires. Mm-hmm. It'll they'll change. You know, one day you'll you'll want something else. You'll be searching for something else, experiencing new things and stuff like that, and that's great. So you're climbing this mountain that doesn't have a top. And until the day you die, then you reach the top and die. Mm -hmm. So 
wherever you are on the mountain, we tend to only be looking up Mm -hmm. at where we need to go. And then we go, oh, I'm not there yet. But what I think most people are not doing, which is what I think you're asking people to do here, is like stop for a moment and just look back at how far Mm -hmm. you've come. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, like the brain doesn't want to do that. It doesn't want to acknowledge change, progress and growth. It's like all that stuff is very no, no threatening, bad. Yeah. So let's just discredit it. Let's, you know what? No, like let's not look at the fact that you launched this thing that used to scare the crap out of you, that you actually overcame a fear. Let's not look at that. Let's look at the fact that you didn't get 15 other people that you wanted, mm-hmm. you know, and that's easy. Anyone who focuses on that is going to be upset or bummed out or have a bad day, bad week, bad month. Right. It takes like real discipline for us to find the good in everything mm-hmm. that we do. So yeah, this is awesome. So what can we do in these, these moments or like, what do you do? And, and what other like either practices or tips you have for like mm. living this instead of just saying, no, I, okay, I got it. Paul, I need to love myself and celebrate more and be a little grateful. Yeah. Well, I just simply, you just need to think of me. Okay. And, Easy. and, and what I mean that <laughs> we'll, is you'll feel everyone's yeah. love for you. Amen. <laughs> what I mean by that is you need to think of my first name because I have created the Paul strategy. It is an acronym and it's a four step process to really help you move through almost anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying like literally almost anything, whether you're in a fight with your significant other, whether you had like have fear coming up about launching a course, any span of the spectrum that you're experiencing something that makes you feel uneasy, apply this acronym. I've had people say my new year's resolution is Paul and just (laughs) do it. Okay. So the the first letter is P and that's presence. So just like we've been talking about, you need to get present with where you are right now. What are you actually feeling in your body? Get Mm. present with yourself. Like, where is the emotion coming up? Why are you experiencing the things that you're experiencing? And then A, accountability. So we need to have some accountability. We need to get accountable for our emotions because at the end of the day, we can only control how we're feeling, you know? We can only reframe, what can I do differently? about the situation right now. I could point my finger out at so many different people and say, well, they did this, they did that. Well, yeah, they did, but I can't control them. But what can I control about myself? So get accountable with yourself. Then unconditional acceptance, because listen, you are where you are for a reason and you gotta accept it. You can't continue fighting the fact that you are exactly where you need to be. Because being here and being present instead of, you know, 10 years in the future when you have all the riches and, you know, the family of your dreams and all the accomplishments and you finally love yourself because it'll happen later, that's not going to serve you. Right here now, what's going on? Unconditionally accept that you need to learn a lesson from this. 100%. And then finally, L, love. Just throw some love at it. You know, like love yourself, love the people around you, love that you signed up five people and not the 20 that you wanted. And then once you've worked through that acronym, that strategy, more often than not, you've either learned the lesson you need to learn, which by the way, normally I feel like you have to learn the lesson at least 20 times before it sticks. <laughs> right. So this isn't going to be a quick yeah, It's not fix. about learning the lesson. Yeah. It's like, are you now applying the lesson? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And you'll be on your way to just like creating the I think that blame is a massive thing. And it's just like creating this concept of what can I do differently? We're either blaming others or blaming ourselves. And you realize that the blame game is a choice. You don't, you can opt out of the blame game completely. It doesn't mm-hmm. do anything for anybody. Yeah. But I think like even just the biggest piece of all of this is just this idea that I think if people actually operated from this, it could change everything, whether that this is about love or not, is accepting that you are exactly where you need to be mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why things aren't working for you right now or Mm -hmm. in, you know, versus like, that's your experience of it. There's a reason why you didn't get those other 15 people. Yeah. There is a reason for it. And it's up to you to discover what that is. And you can't, when you're resisting it, denying it, blaming yourself for it, blaming others for it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to keep experiencing that same scenario over. Maybe we take our with us wherever we go. Right. Amen. So can you to, um, really ground this for us take us through a specific example whether it's yours or confidentially a client that you've had the opportunity to work with Mm -hmm. from start to finish yeah yeah so i had a client come to me who was 
just the definition of like a gym bunny. Like she loved going to the gym. She defined herself by the gym and she had all of her friends at the gym, everyone just at the gym. Right. And she came to me after breaking her foot. So she couldn't go to the gym anymore. She gained like 30 pounds and she was like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't Mm. have the gym. And her business was suffering because her clients were noticing that she was like really sad and they didn't want to be around her. So people started going other directions. Her relationship she was in was suffering because she was just not showing up because she was so hyper-focused on this one aspect of her life that wasn't going the way it used to be going. And there's this thing that I like to call superhero syndrome, where we think that we were a superhero in the past. So it's looking like, oh, remember when I would go to the gym every day and I had a six pack abs and I was awesome. You know, I was a superhero. Like we always compare ourselves to the past self. And that's a lot of stuff that I run into with every single person who comes to my program. Well, I just want to be who I was five years ago. Okay, great. You know that we only remember the good stuff, right? They're like, oh yeah, okay. So here here my client is and she's almost she's recovering from this foot injury mm-hmm. and we start working through all of the stuff and we find out that she doesn't feel heard. So she would show up as this like, you know, super fit person and she would be seen and by being seen, it compensated for the fact that she felt like she wasn't heard. And in previous relationships, this kind of experience of not feeling heard meant that she kept on repeating herself and she would speak really loud. Like she would yell to get her points across because her mother never heard her. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, this is where like the line kind of blurs between what I do and what we do in therapy. Right. And the real difference between me as a coach and a therapist is that like, I can get a little deeper into it with you and and it's not just a once a week or one, you know, this is a a full-time thing that you and I have committed to. So then she steps into it and she realizes that she has been heard. She's heard every time, but she wasn't hearing herself. Wow. So long story longer, long story (laughs) short, she graduates the program and she says these words to me. She said, Paul, I never knew that I was doing this stuff to myself. And you said, what? I, oh, you did it? <laughs> I can't hear you. Huh? Huh? Excuse me? Speak up louder for the people in the back. And it turned into this whole thing where she ended up leaving the relationship that she was in. And she had this like really calm breakup moment. And she was just like, you know what? I'm not feeling heard and it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. And I need to focus on hearing myself right now. Mm. And he was like, that makes sense. And it was like coming from the kind of beautiful, peaceful place of like understanding because she knew how to communicate what she truly needed. And then on the flip side with her business, her clients started saying, Hey girl, you're what's going on? Like, it feels different now. Like, what are you doing differently? And she was like, oh, I'm just loving myself now. <laughs> and they're like, oh, how do you do that? And she was like, well, give Paul a call. So, I mean, it's just like this full circle. And I love telling her story because there's pieces of relationship and there's pieces of transformation. And she also learned how to love her body as it was right then and yeah. there. Yeah, that's so, that's so awesome. And then again, we can say this whole idea of like, you're exactly where you need to be is she wouldn't have had this type of breakthrough in her life, which she needed if she wasn't going through something like a broken foot, Mm -hmm. which some people would say is very metaphorical that if you have a foot injury, you're struggling with taking steps forward in Mm -hmm. your life. Very interesting. You also said before when we were chatting Mm pre-show, this whole idea of letting emotion be your guide. And it sounds like that's what kind of really comes up in in the P for Paul of presence. Mm -hmm. Can you speak more to that? Because Coming from my personality type, do you, are you into like Myers-Briggs or Enneagram and all that jazz? I, I'm into human design. Okay, I, you, okay, gosh darn it. That's, okay, so I have a rule in my life that when I hear something three times, I have, it's like, okay. Mm. So that was the third time in okay, one great. week that I heard human design <laughs> from three completely different people in one week. So you'll hear more about that yeah. coming up. That's really interesting. Uh, I did. I've had three people talk about it in seven days or less. So, and I and I got. I saw the second time, and I'm like, oh, I know someone else is going to bring this mm-hmm. up. So mm-hmm. you just did. Okay. So, like my Myers Briggs personality type, very left brain, mm-hmm. very logical, mm-hmm. very black and white. Like, mm-hmm. like logical. Everything had to make sense. Scientist, black and white, and 
I've moved like completely into another direction of like, instead of just making strategic sense of a business decision, I've let emotion be so much more my guide. And that's, that's obviously like when I started seeing success and things that worked in my, in my life. So I would love it if you can speak to this and not just the idea of emotion is your guide, but like, how do we learn the language for emotions so that it can guide us? Mm-hmm. And isn't that what, is that what this first letter is about? Is like, Presence to yes, the emo- presence, presence to the emotion, the to the uh, to the body, to the lesson you're supposed to learn, anything that's going on. So when it comes to emotion, it's first of all, like we've been told to just screw our emotions like they don't matter. Right. right. So that's how we've been taught and think that we're at this like breaking point in society where like we're learning how to like cry again and we're learning how to feel things and and feelings. What are they like? They're crazy. Like I have people apologize every single day for crying. And I'm just like, mm. I have to preface every call with just so you know, like 99% of the time I'm going to be crying because <laughs> I'm feeling so deeply the emotion of your breakthrough that there's no shame or expectation or judgment coming from my side. Yeah. And so, then they say sorry for saying sorry. Yeah, they say sorry. <laughs> and we can talk about sorry in a second. When it comes to this whole concept of feelings and emotions and letting them be your guide, more often than not, the things that we truly want are going to be the things that bring up fear and resistance and suffering. Not because we don't want them, but because we're so scared of not having them. Well. Okay, can you give a specific example of that? Because I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. So we're, we want something, we think about it, and then all this fear, anxiety, or worry comes up, and the fear is there because we're afraid of not having it. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're afraid that if we go after this thing and it doesn't work, that then we'll tell ourselves, like, I won't ever be able to have this. Yeah. And so that's why that fear is there. Yeah. Well, we can bring it back to my client with the voice coaching. He baseline didn't think he deserved it he was so scared of having to focus on just one thing so he's dancing between this world of being Mm -hmm. a teacher and being a performer like he wanted to be a musician full-time but he knew that to support himself he had to be a teacher so he wants to be a musician he's putting all of this weight in being a teacher and the second that he started giving himself permission to a charge more b welcome the abundance that he knew he deserved he started receiving more gigs and to the point where he had the freedom to start saying no to stuff so if he hadn't have hit rock bottom and on the phone with me being like paul i don't know how to make this work but i know i need to make this work then he would never have opened up and unlocked the fact that he wanted something so badly but he was denying himself because it didn't make sense rationally for him well also if he had that fear that he didn't deserve it i think that would be really scary to go after something Mm -hmm. and then find evidence that maybe he's right Mm -hmm. that you don't deserve yeah you know yeah and i you know i personally have dealt with these types of things I still deal with them Mm -hmm. and so if I'm taking you through a scenario right like let's say you're a budding entrepreneur and you really want to launch a coaching program and you want to charge high ticket for it and you're just like I know that I can help so many people right this we could pull this from my story like I know I could help so many people I don't know how to do this but I know deep down inside my programming is going to support so many people I hit so many walls because I'm like, oh no, this is easy. I have the consistent paycheck of teaching spin, but my body is starting to give out on me and I'm going through adrenal fatigue and all of these lessons and emotions and feelings are hitting my body that the universe is saying, yo, you gotta pay attention, something's gotta give. Where I'm sitting across from my husband and I'm just like crying. I'm like, I can't do this any longer. And my husband's a Taurus, he's very rational. He's very just like, likes the consistency. He's like, well, what are you gonna do? And I was like, I don't know, (laughs) but something different. And I was just like, I need eight months. I need eight months to figure this out. And this was just like me sitting and just noticing what's happening in my body. And this is, we're very detached from our bodies these days. And the other thing that I do is I help people unlock themselves because Listen, James, you know exactly what you want to do. Anyone who's listening, you know exactly what you want. And it's just, we're keeping ourselves from it because we're worried we might not get it. But the real question is, is it worth it to, like, what if you just don't even try? Like, is it better to just not try or to actually, like, try and fail? Because if we're afraid we're not going to get it, the only guarantee, which I'd bank all my money on, and I know I'd win, Mm -hmm. 
the only guaranteed way to not get that thing you're afraid of not getting is to not do anything. Yeah. That's the only guaranteed strategy we know won't work. You're a very rich man. <laughs> I would win that bet every time. <laughs> every time. Like you immediately increase your odds by just doing something, anything, mm-hmm. anything. So fear is the guidance system in terms of like mm-hmm. you're saying like go towards the fear because something came before that fear. Right. Like there was a desire before the fear. Mm-hmm. And really, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. And to reframe that, what's the best thing that mm. could happen? So I like to guide my clients through that. There's three things that we always use. The gratitude practice, which if you're an entrepreneur, you know that every successful entrepreneur has a gratitude practice. Why are you resistant to it? It's unclear, but everyone is. I was. Everyone's resistant to it. What, I have to write down three things I'm grateful for every day? Yes, because it's going to retrain your brain to stop focusing on the fear and the negativity. Mm -hmm. And then it's the present tense journaling. It's writing down what you want right here and now as if you already have it. And then finally, when you run into the fear, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then once you cycle through that, but what's the best thing that could happen? Mm, Yeah. It's always worth it in the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause you're going to learn so many lessons. Like I've launched so many businesses before this, like even my personal training business, which I, it did okay. But like, I had like three clients, you know, and they were made me want to pull my hair out. So it's like, <laughs> was it worth it? I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. but I learned how to do the things that got me to where I was and had that breakthrough moment. And that goes back. You're exactly where you need to be. I mm-hmm. mean, I look back at all the quote unquote failed businesses Every single one of those, they were preparing me for something. Mm-hmm. I was learning something I needed to learn, a skill, a new perspective. It was all preparing me. And what if folks listening here right now in this moment, what you're going through is simply preparing you for exactly what you need so you can get all that you want. Mm. Let's talk about this sorry nonsense. Oh, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So the word sorry Well, I like to think of all things as human beings that we do, they're energetically resonating on some certain level. So the word sorry comes from the word sorrow, and it's a very low vibe word. We would always say like, I'm sorry for your loss. Like that's where it resonates. When people passed away, so much sorrow, like sorrow is deep-seated sadness. So here we are nowadays saying sorry and low vibing all over the place. Sorry for taking up space. Sorry for, you know, taking too long in the bathroom. Sorry for like being late. Instead, I want to just urge you to consider how you can reframe that to positive. So for instance, you know, like if you are running late, like thank you for your patience, Mm. you know, thank you for waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really simple one that almost every single person can put into action today. Thank you for your patience. Or uh, sometimes it's hard. Like there are times where I'm just like, oh, I really want to say sorry, but how can I reframe this? And it's like, sometimes it's unclear. So then I just don't say anything. Don't say anything at all. Yeah, You realize it's not necessary. It's not necessary to, or I even will prefer to use the word, I apologize. Because, wow, yeah, interesting. Because my take on this as well, because you know, what we kind of told you was I sent Paul the wrong address Mm -hmm. to our thing. And, I'm all about like, you know, I want to take responsibility and I don't, you know, I'm like, he's like, I want to value your time. I value is because when you come from a place like I value my time, I want to let people know like you, like I value your time too. And even if it was like a five minute inconvenience, I want to own that and mm-hmm. accept the accountability for that. But I don't want it to be like low vibe and, you know, like fear based. Yeah. So like, hey, what I did, I acknowledge, or I'm, uh, I apologize for yeah for the inconvenience that that might've caused you. And I really appreciate you uh, not getting all pissed off at me, Paul. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm gonna get very vulnerable right now. So I got here, I got up to Laguna at like 10.30 and I parked and I heard a voice and I was like, that sounds like James. And I looked and you were standing on the corner and you were on the phone. And I was like, oh, I could totally walk up and be like, hey, James, how's it going? But then I was just like, oh no, I don't want him to know that I'm here this early. He's gonna think he's like really important or something. And like, <laughs> I, you know, I had to show up 30 minutes early for this, you know, like, yeah. so I had all this stuff. So then when they were like, oh, he moved, I was like, wow. So then I'm here thinking, what could I have done differently? I could have stepped through my fear and like walked up to him and be like, hey, bro, how's it going? Even though you're on the phone and I wouldn't have ever done that, but it's, I probably would have. But I experienced all this fear and I was like, I don't want him to know. And like, oh, you know, I parked at a meter and he's probably going to be like, oh, you can move your car into the lot. It's fine. You know, right. like all these things and all these stories I'm telling myself where that's why I kind of like 
So then when they told me that you'd moved, I was like, oh, well, I saw him over there, so I'm gonna start walking that way. Mm. But, and I was like, maybe he'll be looking out for me. But so it's just like, <laughs> yeah. that's me standing yeah. in a way. So I'm like, oh, well, in the future, you know, the universe puts you there so that I could wow. connect, but my fear stood in the way of doing wow. that. And here's the other thing too, is that why I love an example like this, not just because it's so specific and so recent, mm -hmm. but because it's quote unquote small in the grand scheme of things. Like it's easy for us to get on a podcast and talk about our fear of launching that program or you know, starting that business. But what about these micro fears? Mm -hmm. What about these little moments that are happening throughout your day where you see that person and you go right instead of left because you don't mm -hmm. want them to see you or whatever. And for you to have done all this work, now it's just, you see it everywhere. It's like Neo in the matrix. You just, mm -hmm. you just see fear, fear. There's, there's an opportunity for a choice. Do I go from fear or do I go from love? And you start to realize that for all of us, because we're all human, it's so prevalent. Mm -hmm. it's, it's everywhere. It's like in every single moment throughout our entire day yeah. that we're doing that. I'll even see, I was like, uh, this person's like great, stupid example, right? Where like you're in line somewhere and the person ahead of you isn't paying attention and they're like, they're up, but they're not moving forward. And you're like, oh, I don't want to be that guy to like tell him like, come on, get, you know? And so like, I'll just wait until he figures it out mm -hmm. and we're all standing there. And then the person behind you is like, why isn't this person, why aren't you telling them to, mm -hmm. you know, all these little things. And you want to start to, to notice and realize like, where are these small micro fears driving your life? Because if it's all these small little things, those add up. And if you're doing it here, you're doing it there, you're mm. doing it everywhere, right? Yeah, that happens a lot in business. And a lot of my clients who come in who are looking to grow in business, it's this, I'm inconveniencing people, I'm you know asking for the sale, or I'm inconveniencing people by speaking my truth. Mm -hmm. like, like I have a, a client who's a manager or owns a company and it's grown and she's terrified to speak her truth and she keeps on resenting herself and resenting herself and getting angry. And that's and, just making it worse. Right, too. and then it's popping up in different places in her life where it's just like falling into her family life because she doesn't feel heard or so it just like explodes somewhere else. And I might get really extreme here, but like I feel that a lot of like disease and sickness comes from not speaking your truth and not saying what you want and not owning up to your fears. Like like things manifest in our bodies, yeah. like fear will just sit there. Yeah. So it's a very, very slippery slope when it comes to ignoring your fear. And hopefully right here now, this conversation that James and I are having is just helping you understand that A, you're not alone and B, like now's the time. Yeah. Like, what have you got to lose? Well, I think this inconvenience concept is a really prevalent one. Like, how much are we not doing something, holding back or hesitating because of a fear that we're going to inconvenience mm -hmm. someone? But let's even look at that concept or idea of inconvenience. You would actually, to operate from that belief, you'd have to be a mind reader. Because how do you know, and you'd have to be like a fortune teller, how do you know that this thing you're going to do would inconvenience mm -hmm. somebody. How do we know for a fact that it is? How do we know that it's not exactly what they need to hear? Like we talk about things like law of attraction and like manifesting things in your life and that gets really exciting, but that's like 1.0. Where things can get really magical because the people that listen to this podcast, especially they're, they're up to things where they wanna be the change maker. Have you ever considered the idea of being on the opposite end of someone else's manifestation? Mm. That you could be one thing away from like the manifestation that someone is out there asking for, looking for. Now you're not an inconvenience. You're a dream come true yeah. for them. You're their prayer answered. But because you operated from your fear, a fear that is, you have no evidence, it's not grounded in, in any type of evidence whatsoever, I might inconvenience this person. You've denied them of that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Let them also give them the opportunity to communicate that. That's something that I've, that's really helped me over the years is saying, you know what, I'm an adult. For the most case, I hang out with adults. Sometimes, like I play with my little nephew, that's a little different story, but he's more honest and open and communicative than 99% of the adults mm -hmm. I talk to. Mm -hmm. So let someone be an adult. Give people the opportunity to be an adult, and if you're inconveniencing them, let them tell you. Let them be man or woman enough to say, hey, you know what, this is really an inconvenience for me right now. Cool, I'm glad you told me, but you know, don't make assumptions or decisions on someone else's behalf when they haven't communicated that. Yeah, and taking it a step further, by you not saying what you need and not asking for what you want, 
you're inconveniencing yourself. Mm, right. So why do you deserve to be inconvenienced and sacrificed for this person that maybe you don't even know? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot underneath that, like the stories we tell ourselves about our worth and, oh, well, I'm not worth asking for this. Like my word for 2019 is ask. And mm. it's very scary and it's, but it's like, I mean, you followed me on Instagram and then I sent you a video message and I was like, Hey, I'd love to be on your show. And you were, what's the worst that could happen? You say, you know, I don't, I, you were just, I was thinking about that. I was like, how would if he just said no to me? But you really just can't say no to me. So <laughs> <laughs> then what are you afraid of? Right. Exactly. <laughs> no one could say no to you. But then I, I think where that brings the self-love conversation back in like full circle is if self-love and, and like self-worth and deserving issues are all linked together, then asking would be like, oh, it's not worth his time or I'm, you know, I'm not going to be good enough to value or benefit mm-hmm. this other person's life. And when you are asking from that place of having unconditional self-love and worthiness is not a, a question anymore you already know that I'm bringing value to this person's life just by doing this. Mm-hmm. And I operate that because I've dealt, you know, I've dealt with all this stuff myself, but I go, boy, you know what? Like if I'm going to ask to be on someone else's podcast or I'm going to ask to speak in a van or I'm going to make an ask, I know that I'm going to lead first with whatever I'm giving is going to even provide more value to them than the request I'm asking for. Yeah. And there's no question of that. There's no doubt. Even if it's like we're going to talk for five minutes and I give them a strategy that blows their mind or I'm just going to be in their presence enough that I inspire them, encourage them or give them feedback or just ask somebody, hey, anything I can help you with? And then you realize like, cool, I helped you. I provided value to you. I'm, I'm not worried at all that mm-hmm. about this relationship, you know, going both ways. Yeah. So mine falls into just being in my presence. Yeah. So that's oh, what, totally. Yeah. We should all just you mm-hmm. know, be lucky to be in the same room as you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Own it right there. Yes. So, so then the question, maybe this is another episode. Where does that fall into cockiness? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Another episode. Another episode. Uh, but this has been amazing. What a great conversation. And I know you have some special gifts for our listeners. You want to you wanna talk about that? Yeah. So uh, if I have the, as I spoke about it before, the free self-love mantra that you can say to yourself in the mirror to just get you started on the journey to start noticing, just head to my website, Paul Fishman. So that's my first name, Paul, last name, fish like the things that swim in the sea, man like me, dot L-O-V-E, paulfishman.love. And you can sign up for my email newsletter. You'll get notified whenever I have a new episode of my show, The Road to Self-Love, which we didn't talk about today. But basically, I have my guests join me in the car. and We are literally and figuratively on the road to self-love. We have a candid conversation about life, business, and we play some road trip games and it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you can listen to that on iTunes or YouTube and watch it on YouTube. And you can also, if you want to get that mantra, you can go to my Instagram at Paul Fishman, where I do my best to show up every single day with some sort of teaching moment. And I just think that it's a great self-love community that we have going on. Mm, I love it. And we'll link all that up in the show notes for it's for you guys. So it's nice and easy and convenient for you guys to go check out and follow Paul beyond this episode. Now, before we wrap it up, do you have any final thoughts, ideas, perspectives to share with our listeners that you really feel would put a cap on this episode and call it complete? If you are listening to this episode, the universe wants you to receive this message and It's no longer serving you to be resistant to the things that James and I spoke about today. So just notice that. Take that statement that I just made in if you want to re-listen to this episode and find out where that piece is that you are supposed to hear. But everything happens for a reason. Life is happening for you, not to you. And I'm just a strong believer. If you need more support within this whole loving yourself first, please do not hesitate to reach out to me, apply for my program. I would love to support you in any way that I can. If someone is having resistance to this, which is a form of fear, doesn't Mm -hmm. that just prove your whole point that do the things that scare you anyway? Mm -hmm. So if you are resisting it, you probably need this the most. Amen. Yeah. All right, Paul Fishman, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Paul, again so much for, for coming in, sharing all your wisdom and really uh, helping all of our listeners. Really appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for tuning in and, and making it to the end of the episode. In such a busy, chaotic live, you guys have so much stuff going on. You're amazing. So thank you. And we'll have more amazing episodes like this one coming your way here on the Mind Your Business Podcast. Take care. What is the reoccurring revolution? 
Well, if you look closely, you'll notice that smart and successful entrepreneurs are all adding reoccurring monthly revenue to their business model so they can create consistency in their cash flow and certainty in their lives. And they're doing this with paid monthly digital membership programs. So let me ask you, did you get into this business so you could stay up late at night and worry about where next month's sales were going to come from? Or did you want to create something that would work even when you didn't? That's what a membership is all about. And my good friend, Mr. Stu McLaren, founder of Tribe, is hosting a free video workshop on how to start, launch, and grow your very own profitable membership so you too can get in on the reoccurring revolution and finally move from a place of constantly selling to consistently serving. So to get started now, head on over to jameswedmore.com forward slash tribe right now.